Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Real Happy Hour podcast. Uh, my name is Ola. I'm the host of the show, and um, I've got a special guest with me today. Uh, but just before we start, please click on the like button and subscribe to my YouTube. And if you're streaming this, please like and follow us on um, anywhere you stream your podcast. Um, so back to my special guest. Thank you very much for joining. Can you please introduce yourself? Um, my name is Seashell Christina Yanda, but I go by Sky, which is my alias. Um, and I am a writer, producer, and also director. Amazing, Sky. Thank you very much for coming onto the show. Um, so I'm just going to go straight into it. Um, can you please tell us about your journey and how you started and where you are now? Well, I'm still on the, yeah, I'm still on the journey. And how I started, it all started with self-publishing books. So when I was like, 14, 15, I was on this app called Wattpad. And I just Wattpad is basically a platform like Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram, but it's for people that want to write books and read books. So you just make up stories, build followings, and people read each other's stories. And then someone DM'd me one time and was like, Your story's so good, you should be paid for it. And I was like, What? Didn't know anything about publishing books. Um, and then so I went to my MP and I wrote to my local MP, like, my name is Seashell, and I'm a 14-year-old writer and I want to be published. And he was like, I don't know what you're talking about, um, but there's this thing called self-publishing on Amazon, like go and check it out. So then I did a bit of research and self-published my first book when I was just before I was turned 16, so around like the 15 ages. And I went into college and I did journalism because I just wanted to do something. I didn't know anything about filmmaking at this time. All I knew was I want to write and I want to tell stories and I want to do something that my parents can be proud of. So I was like, journalism sounds the best thing. And then at that point, I was kind of like, okay, but my book's not doing anything like then my stepdad said to me as a joke why don't you turn it into a film and I was like that's interesting you know so I took my story that I had then and I just wrote it out like literally just wrote it out I had never seen a script in my life didn't know you know I just watched films as a consumer so I just wrote it out like literally seashell bullet point this person bullet point and just went around college went to the actors and I was like acting course the drama course and I was like do you want to act in my film went to the camera department do you want to film my film and I shot my first feature film I was like 16 and at the time and then one of the actors was a part of a BFI acting thing so we got to get do a private screening at the BFI which was really cool and that whole experience of me being like oh my gosh this is based off my book and it's on the screen I was like I want to do that again so obviously then it went on I kept doing it did went on to do journalism at Coventry University I did my undergrad there and I was still curious like but I why did I watch films? Why does my films not look like that? Why do my films look so rubbish? Um, and then someone told me about the National Film School and was like, why don't you go and train properly? And like, you know, you've got this experience, but maybe it's worth being around people that are like-minded. So what I did was for journalism, my undergrad, I did my final project. I said, I want to do something that is aligned between journalism and also that will help me into filmmaking. So I did a documentary called Pick a Side, Black or Lesbian. And I went to New York, France, UK and I just shot it on my phone just went around filming different black lesbians and did like a comparative piece on the homophobia and the black community and I loved it and I was like I want to be a filmmaker like I don't know what I'm doing next of my life but I want to make films I want to tell stories I want to make things up um, and then I went to the national film school I heard about the national film school so I applied I went to the open day loved it but it was like very white and it's private school so they get 2,000 applicants and only eight people get onto every course. But I was like, you know, what? I'm going to go for it. I have no experience, but I'm just going to go for it. So that summer, um, I also got onto a BBC traineeship where I worked on Silent Witness and moved on to Holby City in the script department. And again, I was just like, I just 
you know, I want. I was just hungry. Like I want to make. I want to make. I want to make. Went to the uh, National Film School. I actually got in, which was shocking because I was declined at first, and I was like. Hey, um, I spent my last fifty pound on that application. Could you just give me proper feedback and not a generic? Unfortunately, you're not in. And they were like, "Oh my gosh, no one's had the audacity to call and be like, why am I not in? Do you want to come in for an interview?" So I did the interview. They were impressed. Went to the selection panel. Then just fought my way into the course. Did my two years there. I was the youngest to ever graduate with an MA at that school. So I was 22, 23 when I finished there. And then I went on to work in development at Joy Productions. So Joy Gorovo, she's a powerhouse. She's an absolute queen. So she's a black queer woman and her production company is, focuses on black female-led and queer stories. She's best known for like Boxing Day, Blue Story, and most notably and most recently Champion. Um, so I worked with her for 18 months. And then I was like, I just went through this like epiphany. I was just kind of like, okay, I'm a development assistant here whilst I've been here for the last 18 months, I've just been making stuff on the side. I've been doing music videos, I've been doing documentaries, I've been making all these things, but I come back to work and I'm a development assistant. It's just not enough, like I wanna do more. I, I feel like I can do more. Um, we'd had that conversation, but I think it was a thing where we both were seeing different, we, had, we both had different ideas for my future. So I was kind of like, you know what? My, it's my future and it's my career. I love Joy and I always will love Joy. She gave me my first opportunity out of film school, but it was time for me to move on. And that's what I'm doing now. So right now I'm a freelance producer and I'm just producing things from short films, documentaries. I'm actually, um, at the moment I'm developing a feature, my first feature, which is based off my first novel. And I'm also, cause in the past I've been writing short stories. So now I've just finished my first novel and I'm writing a feature film for it, developing a TV show. And yeah, I'm just excited for the future. I'm just at this stage right now where I've never freelanced before. I've never just been out here just doing, you know, my own thing. And I might go back into full-time work, who knows, just to pay the bills, you know? And also to be honest, like I have in my freelance kind of era, I have done like a bit of run-in. So I was on Netflix, a Netflix show, which I can't say which because of NDAs, but I was on a, I was a run on one of a recent Netflix show. I was a PA on a recent, on a commercial that's about to come out. So I am open to doing other things for the sake of money and just like getting, you know, but I'm going off, I'm going off too long. But yeah, like, oh, yeah. Now, good to right hear. Like, this is really, I'm just going, wow, you've done so much. <laughs> no, but exactly. So right now I'm just being seashell, being sky and just creating. Um, the plan is to register. So I've got a little production platform at the moment, which is not registered yet. But the plan is in the next two, three weeks, I'm looking to just completely register into a production company focusing on film tv and music videos because it's what i do anyway so it's just like all i'm doing is registering so the queen knows or sorry the king knows what I, <laughs> what i'm doing you know because i think i do it but it's not like legit and i think just to get into those like the next level of doors it's good to have like a proper registered thing so that's where I'm at right now, to be honest. I might you, you might talk to me in two months. And I'm like, yeah, I'm back at a company. You know, life's hard. But what I really, ideally, I just want to see where I can go with my company alone, just freelancing. I've got a few. I'm I'm patterned for work until about October time, um, and then I've got these shows that I'm developing. So I don't know. Just go with the flow, man. That's, you know, that's really cool. I did, I didn't expect all of this that you. Yeah, I went on for ages. I'm so sorry. No, no, no. no. I mean, I mean, it's really, really good that you've told your story and how you started. And it's funny. I've got like a similar background where I studied journalism, and I just stumbled my way into production somehow. And it was like I was, I was free. I was freelance reporter. This is back in Lagos in 2016. 
and I just saw this Instagram post for a production company needing a production assistant, and I was like, all right, let me just see what this is, and yeah, I went there, and I just fell in love really so much that I would like sneak away from the journalism, the reporting job to the production, and that's how it started, and I just since then I've just been in love. Yeah, I think it's just it's there's something about it, and I think what a chat because I could have just you know my future was always to write like that's where the heart everyone's always like if you had to pick one it's always going to be writing writing is like it's it's what led me into everything else and I think what I loved and fell in love with about the filmmaking process is that written thing being brought to life by people like me like there's just human beings like reenacting something that I made up in my head like I just made this story up and now there's these people doing it I don't know I just think there's something about that feeling that I can't explain that feeling and I was just like I want more I, I'm like addicted to that feeling so I just want to keep doing that and I'll never stop writing you know if they said let go of everything and just pick one I'll, I'll write for the rest of my life because I'm full of ideas and producing is great it's just stressful but I've learned to love it as well because I like control and as a producer you're in control and yeah. I, I love that so yeah you're sort of the captain of the ship and I love so. that I, love, I just love being in charge so you know I'm the oldest sister I'm I think being in charge is like a part of my life like you know as being the oldest sister oldest grandchild I've got a lot of people looking up to me so I've always been kind of in a position of leadership and it comes naturally so I think yeah producing is just it's just for me like it's, it's for me <laughs> So um talk about your recent screening. Um time went time went hill, right? Time went hill, yeah. Like, oh, why didn't you come? I, I couldn't, it was sold out. I couldn't oh. come. And I, I like the, the journey of like, you know, your first screening of the, the pre- previous one and you know the turnout compared to this one. Like I no. people need to know more about that kind of I experience would, and it's it's crazy. When I think about it, it's just, I get this weird like I get these weird feelings in my stomach because it's like talking about that first screening I've ever had, even the last one before lockdown. Um, actually, the last screening I did was probably 2018, I think, because I was at NFTS, so I didn't have time. I didn't. I wasn't doing any of my own stuff. I was focused on my course at the time. I didn't really screen anything. But the last screening I did was at the BFI. It was a 37-seater, and I barely had 20 people in there. And I was so proud of myself, though, because I, I just like people have come out, you know, and the fact that this was an 81 seat and then we got moved to a 94 seater and then people were still DMing me saying like, I'm going to still come. And in case people drop out, I was just like, okay, this is great that people are coming, but I'm just, I was nervous. Then I was also like that, you know, that filmmaker from 2019 version of me was like, this is only the beginning. Like, you know, um, and this is based on what you've learned now. So imagine you keep going like two, three years from now like it's just the feeling is weird and you know sitting in that room with people reacting to something I wrote it was so unbelievable I, I, I don't know I just think it's crazy I just think it's crazy like honestly I, I'm not even over it every time I think about it I get nervous again I'm like 94 people turn up for me like what you know and people some people just just came anyway they were like just in case someone drops out people were eager to see my work maybe they're eager to see their friends in the film maybe they're eager to see other parts of it I don't know but it's still crazy to think that that's little old me like that couldn't even fill out 20 seats it's just crazy so um tell us a bit about the film like tell us a bit okay so time went hill i'm gonna send you the link after this call by the way so you can have um 
context to it when you're posting this. Yes. Uh, but Tamworth Hill is a fiction story set in predominantly like the late 90s, uh, mid 90s. And it's basically about lovers that bump into each other and then they're reminded of their past. So they had this really horrible breakup and they've moved on with their lives. Like, I'm talking they have grandchildren now, they've moved on. But then when they bump into each other, they go back to the past and they start thinking about their relationship. And it's just a story about how people say time heals and, you know, you can get over whether that's a friendship, whether that's a, a breakup, whether that's, I don't know, maybe your cousin that you don't talk to. I don't know, you know. Some people say over time, you know, it will get better. But even loss, you know, when you lose someone as in, like, death-wise, people always say, like, over time you'll heal. But actually, sometimes time makes things worse. And what's even more heartbreaking about this story is the fact that these guys haven't, they've seen each other, they haven't seen each other in a long time. And then the last time they saw each other was this argument. So what happened was they've lived their lives thinking that, you know, they don't care. They've they've kind of buried it at the back of their minds because they've moved on. They've got they've got new lives, but then they see each other and actually realize, oh my gosh, I think I still love this person. But because I haven't been thinking about them, I don't know if I do. But then when you see that person, then you're like, oh my gosh, all those feelings are still there. So I just wanted to explore that feeling of like grief and like the feeling of moving on and that feeling of when people ignoring feelings. You know, that the idea of ignoring and how your past can sometimes catch up with you in a nasty way. And yeah, so that story just came from a place of um, basically not not really my own experiences, but like more my own experiences. That sounds like my experience. I wanted to explore because I'm not very good at talking about my feelings and I struggle so much. Like I'm so good at um when it comes to writing stories and writing about other people I'll be on that laptop for hours and I can just make up a story but when people are like but tell me about you and how you feel and what yours was on your mind and what hurts you and your trauma like talk to me about your trauma and I'm just like I'm full of like 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 um 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 like, I just I can't do it and I think there's something really fascinating about not being able to communicate or not being able to vocalize trauma and what does it look like when you don't have a choice and you're forced to face trauma or forced to face a part of your life that you've tr you're trying to forget and move on from? I think 35 years is a good amount of time to say, I don't care about that thing anymore. And, um, and then imagine now being faced with that after 35 years of trying to move on from it, you know, and time doesn't heal, basically. And yeah, with that story, it's just I just want to explore that feeling of facing your past or facing something that you're running away from um especially for people that don't like talking about it and then you're like now i have to now i have to face it that's a very relatable story <laughs> i was gonna ask do you, do you think as a writer do you ever have moments where you're writing even though it's fiction but there's bits of your life in it a hundred every single writer even if they've written freaking avatar yeah there's always elements of something that's of you like i don't i i don't believe any writer that says, oh, no, yeah, I just made this up. It's no, no, like, I think on top of that, the raw, you can tell. I don't know. I feel like you can tell. I think when people sit in that cinema, they're sitting there like, this girl, I don't know. Like, are you okay? Kind of thing. But it's like, I do think I 100%, 100%, I think every writer puts, I'm not saying that the story is about them, but I'm saying 
there's elements of yourself in every story and that's why I always say to people I might not be able to speak up about myself I might not be able to tell you my feelings but read my books watch my films read between the lines and you'll understand a little bit about me and in levels that I have never told you um this is what you know this is what I always say to people that are closely around me when they're like you don't really but I'm like just read my work read my work watch my films and just read between those lines and there's you understand who I am because there's bits of me in everything that I do you know um that's if you want to get to know me you don't have I'm not saying everyone should do that but I'm just saying like a lot of writers that don't speak up they are speaking in their work just oh. just look, just look closely and listen and read and you're going to be like oh wow you know yeah I'm gonna leave that there <laughs> I was, I was going to ask about um you can you can tell me more about it but you've got like a platform where you're elevating or creating a space for women to um produce content or you you've created you've created a space for that yeah. Right? yeah so yanda created this yct this is what i'm saying i'm going to turn into a production company yeah. so what i'm thinking is because at the moment but what it started as was just a place for me to post my work like this if we're talking like six years ago i just had this random page i was just posting stuff that i'm up to and then a friend was like why don't you just name it something and just make it like a more proper portfolio page then that turned into a portfolio page and then as I started to build all of my work on there I started to realize that it is a production company but I'm not saying that if that makes sense because as someone that's worked with a few production companies worked for producers that's what I'm doing so now I've decided I'm going to register it properly make a production company that will cater to not just women because I don't want to exclude nobody but it's like Ah. I would, say, <laughs> yeah, no, 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 I was like, just, I would like to be in there. So. We're, not, we're, not, we're not excluding nobody. Like, it's just that I would say we are prioritizing mm. women. But I wouldn't say we're like, oh, you're a man. I'm not working. No. Like, if you're a man, you've got a good idea. Let's talk, you know. But um, the platform, we're going to focus on um, music videos, films, TV. Because my background is film and I'm very in the film world, all of my music videos that I do have some sort of storyline to it. Um, we don't just do like normal music videos where it's just images that like, we wouldn't do that and for film and tv the same I'd say like the focus is like just black voices to be honest with you I I, I never thought I'd be that person you know that's like I want to talk about black but I'm like I always used to be like oh shut up it's boring but as someone again that's been I most recently was on this Netflix set where there was 140 crew people and I was the only black person on set so just to give you just to give you context of like the further you go up we're not there like we're here we're at the grassroots level but the more you're going up and up and up and getting there like I'm going on these sets as a runner doesn't that tell you something and I've done all these things so it's, I'm not saying that they should give me a producing job but I'm just saying even those producers are not black or women so it'd be really great to start something where it's like we are nurturing and training and working with people that want to get into producing or want to get into directing or want to get into writing or want to self-publish a book. Um, as someone that's done, I can only teach what, I've, what I know. So as someone that's been there, what I want my platform to be is not only a space that we create things, but we also offer opportunities. So by me getting a client that wants a music video, I can automatically hire someone that can do costume, who can then hire someone that can assist them, who can hire someone. My opportunity becomes a lot of opportunities for a lot of people and on that on those sets I have those conversations with people one-on-one and um people that want to get into producing might come on I might get them on as a PM or PA and this is what I mean by offering a space for people to train and learn at a grassroots level but then because of the people I'm connected to maybe I might get a client with a little bit more money but these people don't have that the people I'm bringing on don't have that much experience so through me 
they get that experience, if that makes sense. Because one thing that I lacked a lot starting out was that opportunity. I think I had all the ideas, I had the right mindset, um, some had the experience sometimes, but it's hard to get that first opportunity. That first opportunity is it's just, it's so difficult. And I want the platform to be not just saying like we're offering opportunity, but literally like people that have not done it before to get an opportunity, but they have the right mindset, you know, through interviews and through speaking to people, you can get an idea of like, okay, this person's passionate, but they just don't have, they have never been given a shot. So I'd love to be, you know, I think one of the actors that I've worked with, I think two years ago, he's now doing some stuff. He's now in development for a show at BBC. There's another girl that she started with us and she was a stylist for an artist I work closely with. And now she just recently come off costume on a Netflix show. And, you know, this is a portfolio she built with me as in she started with me, like, you know, when this thing was a small thing and she just started with me as a, let's just do something. And when I hear these kind of things, I'm like, this is what I'm about. This is what I mean. I might not open that massive door for you, but working with me might give you that portfolio for you to go off and do something amazing. So, yeah, that's what I'm trying to build. I'm trying to build like a thing because I think there's a bit of a gap there where as someone that's worked in these like big production companies, they're like, oh, we want to work with writers, but they must have at least one TV show. We want to work with writers, but they must have done at least two feature films. I'm like, there's some good writers out there, though, that haven't done that. There's some, there's, I think I'm a good writer. I haven't done a feature film yet, for example. So I'd love to be like that kind of gap where it's like, you know, we're looking for writers. We're just looking for writers. Just send your work, you know, just send your work. It's not about names. I know that it, I understand that names linked to money and all of that kind of stuff but I think there's sometimes there's ways you can play with it like if I make a name enough for myself I should I want to get to a level where people trust me enough where they're like if she's saying that person's good they must be good kind of thing I I can't explain it it's a a bigger plan it's a bigger plan and like even with me and this podcast like the goal was to just have a network of people of creatives where you know if someone wants to do something there's that network that yeah so it's funny how you know we go into situations where we we need something and then we then find out okay we would actually like to be a vessel where we're we're pro- where we're solving this need for the, for the whole yeah you know, it's crazy yeah. how it becomes like that isn't it it's like i came in like, i want to do this i want to do that then i actually realized that actually i want to help people do it as well as do it because through helping people i can do it as well and also nobody helped me and it's just this thing where I don't know why it's constantly missing. And I think what I'm afraid of, and I hope doesn't happen, is people say this at the beginning and then they get to a certain place and they just don't have time to do that anymore. Not name dropping any big companies right now, but I'm just saying, like, I have noticed that there were, there's been in the past British and US, like, content creators that have started off, like, web series and stuff, and they started off on this, like, I want to help everyone. But then they get to these, like, the open they get to these certain doors and then they just don't bring anyone with them. And I'm like, hmm, was that just a way for you to like get up there? I hope, I hope to God that that doesn't become me because I know, like, I know where I come from. I know where I started and I don't know what happens at the top there that makes people, maybe it's not by choice. I don't know what happens, but people do switch up their tune <laughs> when they get up there. Yeah. So I was going to ask, um, so in terms of content, what content has been the most inspiring for you? Like something that you saw that you're like, wow, this this most is completely recently. okay. What, what most recently, most recent film. Oh, it could be it could be like what because uh, you you said earlier that your stepdad told you about you know why don't you turn your 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 content your your story into a film? But was there something mm-hmm. you saw that you were like wow okay I really love how the story is being told I would like to be able to 
visually create my story to be like this. Yeah, most recently, I was very, very, very impressed by They Clone Tyrone. Ah, okay. It, very well done. Very, And, you know, as someone that's like not, I hate gang stories. I hate black people being gangsters. I hate all, I hate the stereotype. Like, I want black people to be in love. I want you guys to be doctors. I want you guys to be in all these different, like, away from those stereotypes. I want to see black love. I want to see households with both parents, all of that kind of stuff. But so when I started They Clone Tyrone, the big first, like, 20 minutes, I was just like, why am I watching this, you know? But I'm a big fan of John Boyega, so I was like, you know what, let's just give it a chance, let's give it a stream, that kind of thing. But then it switches, and I love the element of sci-fi and the hood, and I think there's something so fascinating about um, when they, when you kind of interchange those genres, like, mixing genres and playing with genre and, like, challenging genre i think that's so intelligent and it's so it's so hard to do but when it's done well like they clone tyrone it's done well so yeah i think something that i'd love to try because i've never written a hood story it's not my experience it's not my life and i just look down on it so much like oh i've never do those kind of things but if it comes to mixing genres like if it was like a hood meets comedy or hood meets this or I'm down to do that, 100%. But I wouldn't just do like a straight up, not naming a film, but really like a straight up hood story, you know? It's not me. Because <laughs> I haven't seen that film yet, but I'm talking about that film. Um, on oh, the... it's so good. I really, I don't know, maybe, well, you might watch it and hate it and be like, oh, Sky's Taste is horrible. But like, <laughs> I really think it was intelligently made. And I think it was, at the be- if you're not into hood stories like me, at the beginning, you will be a bit like, oh, I sat there rolling my eyes for like 20 minutes. But when it kicks in, it's like, oh. And when it ends, you're like, oh. Like, I think I was really, I, I love being shocked and I love Element of Surprise. And that definitely does that for me. So, And I also like the fact that you've mentioned this hood and there's also sci-fi, which kind of reminds me of his first movie, Behind the Block, I think that was what it was Yeah, Behind the Block, yeah. No, yeah. This is a bit more... Um, just watch it actually. I'm going to end up spoiling it. So, okay. yeah. Okay, so um, um, you've mentioned the clone Tyrone. Any other thing that has been that like, you've just seen that's, that's just completely moved you? Like for me, for example, when I saw Kill Bill for the very first time and Sin City, I was just like, wow, I've never seen a story like this before. Um, like a white blonde woman just doing all of this craziness. It's just, it's just so intense and so, and the, the way it was shot was just phenomenal for me. Mm-hmm. And then Sin City, that whole that filter, that whatever skill that was shot in, it was just so phenomenal. I was like, wow, this is beautiful. And I wish I could tell a story like this. And I like stories with like multiple characters that like you're sort of seeing their lives. Mm. I think for me, at the moment, I think They Clone Tyrone has just blown my mind so much that I'm just, when you're trying to, I'm trying to compare something that has made me feel like, <gasps> like that. Um, I haven't, I haven't watched a film that's made me do that in a long time, but but um i am a big lover girl like i love love um i love i love relationships that don't work out i'm all about like heartbreak and like bad experiences bad relationships bad friendships bad fam toxic family members i love relationships that are messed up i just love mess and messed up relationships that's what i'm here for so if you think about like shows like insecure like you know just messed up people like normal people but with messed up liars messed up relationships that's my bag. Yeah. Yeah. Secure so, is a really good one. Where he's not just talking about the relationship between Issa and 
Denmark. Lawrence. It was Issa yeah. and Yvonne. What was Yvonne's name? Um, Molly. Uh, Molly. So it was yeah. really a, 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 a story about I love it. Yeah. I love it. I love it. And my novel is very much like about, I think this is the problem now because the thing I'm, the feature I'm developing is another relationship, friendship, that, about friendship that breaks up. But the TV I'm developing is a comedy. So I'm just a bit like, I don't know how people, people watch Time Went Hill, see this feature, read someone and be like, are you sure you can laugh? Like, I don't, I don't know if you're going to be good at that. But my script is actually not bad and people read it. Like, I've sent it to a few people. Like, oh yeah, you're actually funny. Like, I wouldn't think so, but you're actually funny. And I think that the the jump is a bit mad. So I am trying to do something in between that. Like that's like got a maybe it's the novel. I think I'm gonna introduce some like comedy. So it's like more comedy drama, just because yeah, the tone is very at the moment. My my slate is looking very sad. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm also you've also got a podcast, right? No, I used to. Oh my god, how did you find that? You really did dig it. You really dug. <laughs> Not anymore. Um, when I was at uni, we had After Dark, and we did that. Why did we do that? Like we just did it. You know, it was fun. It was a student show for students by students, and we just wanted to do something outside of our course that we could talk about at work and stuff like that. And also, I loved. I wanted to practice my editing skills. Again, it's just me being hungry for production. And luckily my friend believed in my vision as well. Um, and I love chatting. So, you know, gossiping and, you know, the whole idea of after dark, after nine o'clock, we just talk about things that as students do and get up to after dark. It was really fun. Um, so I love what you're doing. I think it's a difficult job in terms of, obviously when we left uni, it was hard to carry on doing it for many reasons, you know, um, kind of career differences. And because my friend went into marketing, she's doing very well. She's at, um, She works in marketing at Netflix. She's doing very, very well there. And I just went into a completely, I went to do my master's. So it was just, it just didn't work. However, I think it's a, it was difficult to do anyway, because you have to come up with content, film the content, release the content, find the guests. That, that was a lot of work. And I just didn't, I just don't have the time anymore. But it is, you're a producer, doing a podcast, you're a producer, because you have to do all that yeah, research. Doing everything. Uh, and uh, because also <laughs> this is my first season and I'm, I'm, I'm everything. I'm the producer, director, editor. Oh, but I'm getting a team now and uh, I've got a camera person now. I've got an editor now. So it, it's building. It's, it's building. Exactly. Yeah. That's how everything, you know, everything starts somewhere. The Eiffel Tower started somewhere. Everything starts somewhere. Like there's a beginning and a there's a you know there's a ground for everything so you and know also, like even being will... a being a creative like one of the things that that you're not really told is you you have to be your own self motivator like you you are your biggest cheerleader and it's not like other jobs where you know if you're like freelancing or you're doing your own thing where you know there's there's money that's for yeah. sure coming at the end of the month so it's really not about the money when you're doing yeah. being a creative it's like you're just following this voice in your exactly. mind and there the, could have been there could have been so many people who are like do you really know what you're doing for, you, for some weird reason you're just convinced yeah. of your, your, it's, it's really I get that yeah that's why I relate with insecure so much because that moment when Issa's talking to herself in the mirror and all that her different sometimes I hear the 15 year old version of me being like seashell like you're so cool like do you get what I mean because when I was starting the film when I started this film stuff I never imagined myself going NFTS or like actually give me chills what you just said yeah like, no, but literally, I never imagined myself like screening stuff and like 
doing all these like music videos when I wanted to start I was like I mean I just want to do something with my friends on the screen I didn't I didn't think of all of this so 15 year old me would think I was so flipping cool like I'd be like I want to walk around with her I want it to mentor me so sometimes you need to we we spend so long sometimes focusing on where we want to be that we forget how far we've come so sometimes it's good to sit and be like I've done all of this though you know pat yourself on the back like you said be your own motivator and be like you've done this you've done this you've done this you've done this no one can tell you shit am I allowed to swear on this (laughs) (laughs) you know no one can tell you nothing so sometimes it's great to set goals and be like you know by the end of this year I want to achieve this 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 and that but sometimes as well do sit down and remind yourself of how far you've come just to remind yourself of like look at how long that took me to get here so sometimes your goals might not be realistic in terms of what you're pressuring yourself to get done. And you, you, it's weird. We give ourselves so much time to get to where we are, but we don't give ourselves the same time to get to where we're going. We're always like, yeah, well, I'm, I need to get this done in two weeks. It's like, yeah, but for you to get a sold out screening, it took you six years. So allow yourself another six years and let's see what's going to happen. You know, don't be like, I'm weaving myself a week to do that. It's, you know, sometimes you just got to be nicer to yourself. That's what I mean. Be kinder to yourself. Because you're capable, but you just just be kinder to yourself. Like, you know? amazing! Wow, that's, that's I'm I'm gonna take this with me. Like what you just said now, just reflecting back on how far you've come, and yeah, it's it's really important, and that's such a powerful message. And um, anytime you feel down, I've, there's something I'm still doing, especially as someone that's had to when I had to quit my job, I had to. There's a part of myself that was like, "Don't do it, don't quit." You know, you need this, and da 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 da. But there's another part of me that was like why are you like I had to remind myself I sit with myself and be like what is the reason like what is the bigger picture and all of these things so it's about sometimes just being more being kind to yourself and stop kind of thinking about um the other factors except for what you have to think about what benefits you first and just putting yourself first something I'm still learning like reminding myself when I start to feel really down and low we all have those days as creatives you know writers block all these things just those are the moments you have to be kind because if you don't if you think different direction it's dangerous you know you can become really depressed it can it can be really dark so just try and try and lift yourself up sometimes don't you don't need that validation from other people sometimes yourself that you tell yourself i'm you know i'm that bitch i'm that person and you know sometimes it's like you know when you when you're when you know you're the best dressed in a party and nobody tells you you look good you don't care. You know you look good. Do you get what I mean? You don't need to go around and be like, do you like my outfit? You know you look good. You look in that mirror and you're like, damn, I look good. So I think it's that kind of thing where just reminding yourself that you're that person. You're like, I'm I'm that person. Like, there's only one me. Only I can do this. I can achieve this. Like, God put me here. This is my story. This is my mind. Sometimes you just have to do that, you know? I'm still learning this year, So Amazing. Thank you so much, Sky. <laughs> this, has been, this has been a very uh, enlightening episode like <laughs> it has been like at least now you shared a bit of your story and people that are watching this will be inspired i'm inspired just listening so. to your journey like it's, it's it's really good and you know like the part of your i wish i came to your screening because i just was like so overwhelmed like oh wow there's no space anymore like, oh. like so i wish i i, I just didn't care i just decided to call so, i mean i think you would have enjoyed it because uh, we did a networking afterwards which I had the idea afterwards. I was like, wait, why don't we do like a little... So we hired the bar out and people just stayed behind for like an hour and a bit and just everyone was just networking, which was 
fantastic actors like um where's my next job you know it was great it was fantastic agents were there so you know people were trying to just pitch themselves it was really cool I think it was a really again just being feeling like I was that vessel like because of my screening yes they came to watch the film but everyone's getting something out of it as well and hopefully relationships like fruitful relationships were formed hopefully and I just loved that I just I absolutely loved that Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And um, yeah, thank you all for listening. If you're listening via uh, many of the streaming sites and if you're watching via YouTube, thank you so much for watching all the way through. Once again, like and subscribe to the channel. Thank you so much, Sky, for taking the time to you thank know you. come on and, you know, and, and just share your story because it's very inspirational and, you know, this, yeah, goosebumps, feels, all the feels. I'm <laughs> Awesome. Too much. I'm gonna take that with me because it's, it's real. Like you know, just reflecting, picturing your younger self, and then and just sort of speaking to them, and them just going wow, and because it's it, it's true, it's, and it's real, and and that is powerful. You know, just having that moment to just speak to your younger self, and and, and let them acknowledge how far you've come. It's it's it's, it's beautiful. So thank you for that. And um, thank you. <laughs> thank you.